is up, guys? This is Podcast 419, and we are all about unpacking what it means for us to make and send disciples who love and live like Jesus. And in order to do that, we are having conversations about the highs and lows of doing life together. There is no conversation too big, no topic that is off the table. Thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of your week. Let's jump into this episode. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Podcast 419. I'm Brian. This is Josh, and we are diving into another awesome episode today. Josh, let's just get right into it. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about a question that every single person has asked, whether you're a believer or not. Uh, It's, how do you know? right? Like, How Mm -hmm. do you know that God is real? And we're not diving in so much to the, how do you know Jesus is real? We're going to we have another episode where we really unpack that. Yep. Uh, but we want to. The, the first question, the baseline question, is always, how do we know God exists? Mm-hmm. And this is such a great question. Like you said, whether you're a non-believer or even if you're a believer, this is a good question to ask yourself because I know I fell into the boat that I, I kind of grew up in the church for a little bit of time, and so I never really questioned that God was real, but. And having these discipleship conversations where it's super important to hash these things out, where you can explain it to other people, whether you're a believer or not, you need to know, man, why do I believe that God is real? Or if you're on the other side of that, why do I choose to believe that God isn't real? Yeah, First Peter 3.15 talks about it, right? Like we need to be able to give a present a defense mm-hmm. for the hope that we have found in Jesus. And so there's a responsibility as disciple makers that we're, we're able to articulate these things that we believe. Yeah. And it's not just... Like you were saying, it's not just I was raised in it, uh, and, and it's not even as much like because for me, like my story is like like God brought me out of alcoholism and like mm-hmm. I tried all these different ways to like like get right, and and Jesus was the only way for me to to get like that out of my life. Yep. Uh, but we're we're actually stepping uh, taking a step further because mm-hmm. there's the personal piece that is invaluable to your testimony to witnessing to people. Yeah. But there's also just like there's so many other pieces of ev- evidence where, where we see God's fingerprint all over the place. Yep. Uh, and so we're gonna just take for a moment. We're gonna take the personal out of it because some people, as they're wrestling through this question, the personal doesn't have the kind of credibility as, as maybe science yeah. or philosophical or or something mm-hmm. else. And so we're gonna dive into that because. Again, we need to be able to have a defense for the hope that we have found. Yeah, and, and even just being honoring to that in other conversations, like if we were going to be arguing for something, we would say that, man, having like a, a personal anecdote or a feeling would not be the best credibility for the argument. So if I were to say like there was like a blue apple in front of us hmm. and, you know, we, we both see that it's blue, but I was just say, man, like I, I just know, like someone told me that this apple is actually green, and like I just feel that it's green. Most everyone would say, well, like I, I, I can see it right now. It's blue. Like just because you feel that way, if we were to to base these arguments around feeling, not to say that it's not valid, and it kind of breaks down in that metaphor, especially in in terms sure. of faith in Jesus, but um, just really getting down to the facts, and like you said, God's thumbprint, His fingerprint is on so many things in both scientific, philosophical, yeah. and so many different ways that I'm really excited to dive into and talk about. Yeah, and I love that you talked about that because like trusting our feelings, like we've all been betrayed at mm-hmm. some point by our feelings where yep. we've felt something was justified, so we said something in response in an argument, right? Mm-hmm. And then retrospect, like hindsight's twenty twenty, and you're like, man, I shouldn't have said that. Like my feelings actually deceived me yep. in that. And so we can't trust our feelings. So what can we 
we trust. And, and I think that we we need to go back to just some baseline concepts, right? Yep. Like, like I'm gonna actually pull up a prop partly because I'm thirsty. But okay, okay, all of all of our listeners. So this is uh, this is a cup from a fast food restaurant that I shouldn't be eating out. Mm. Delicious. So Brian, what if I told you? Um, well, let me just ask you a question. Hey, where where did this cup come from? I would say you got it from a fast food restaurant. No. You didn't get it from, okay, maybe mm-hmm. you got it from, well, I'm looking at it. It says from Wendy's. Mm-mm. So is it from Wendy's? Nope. Okay, then where's it from, Josh? It just it just appeared. Like, it just out of nowhere. It's, just, it's crazy. It yeah. just appeared. That's crazy. What would you say? I don't believe you. Like, because it's here, it has to come from somewhere. Someone had to make it. Yeah, there's there's that's a like just a reality principle that we live in, right? Like, yep. if it is created, it has a creator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that applies to everything, right? Like, it's just like, hey, if you've got a kid, well, there was there was a parent somewhere. Like, even if you don't see the parent, you know that a parent existed. That is just evident in our lives. Uh, but when we talk about really just like faith in God, right, mm-hmm. or just in belief that a God exists, so often the the main argument is, well, hey, there was nothing, and we can put some scientific spins around it, but yep. the the end result is the same. Yeah, that there was nothing, and then out of nowhere. There was something, yeah. And in our reality, in our world, like that's just not something that is scientifically embraced. That's not philosophically embraced. That's not theologically embraced. It just doesn't doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. And so as we wrestle through that, like, because again, like, there's just there's other pieces to it. Mm-hmm. The reality is, if it is created, it has a creator. Mm-hmm. That's just a, a a principle. Yeah, and I know uh, some of the pushback I've heard to that is. Well, then who created God? Mm. And, and so understanding that in this uh, you know, Near Eastern perspective that uh, the Bible really comes out of talking about how God is eternal, like he is, he's yep. always been, he's always been there. Um, and so if something is eternal, it doesn't have a beginning or an end. Right. So there's not something that precedes it coming before it to make it. Um, and so that's why we believe as um, us as people, the universe, whatever has been created, comes from God, that he is the creator, and since he is eternal, um, there, there's nothing that could have made him or created him because he's eternal. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And, and we struggle with that, right? Because it's just like, okay, so the who created him is, is a great question. It is. Uh, and we wrestle with it because we don't understand eternity. And when I say we, I'm including us because yep. there's just a reality. We live in inside time. Uh-huh. We're finite. And, and God does not. Mm-hmm. So he lives outside of time. Uh, which means that 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 concept of eternity he can fully grasp, and we just can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I've heard it explained that, and it's not a perfect example, but it kind of works. Of just like, hey, if we are, like, if our reality exists, we're inside the book. Mm-hmm. Like we're in we're in the book, and the author doesn't live inside the same rules, yep. inside the same time, inside inside the same reality mm-hmm. as the characters in the book. And he can turn to any page he wants at any given time. Yep, there's a reality that that just God does not live in like or is not limited to time yep like he can step in he mm-hmm. and he's done it uh but he doesn't have to actually be required or bound by it yeah uh, and so just the concept of eternity is just so difficult to grasp because that's not what we've ever experienced yeah yeah and, and like it even says in the Bible that there's going to be things that are beyond our understanding, like his ways are higher than ours. And so there's just going to be things in this life that are going to be hard for us to grasp and understand because we can't fully experience it. 
Um, and the question that I would ask is, do are, are those things that I'm not able to understand, are they enough for me not to believe in God or not to believe that He exists? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And, and so often that's it's so easy to turn to the negative side. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, hey, if the proof isn't there, I don't believe. If the proof isn't there, and, and the catch for us and the reason that we're having this conversation is so that, hey, the, the proof exists. Yeah. Um, and do we have all the answers? No, he wouldn't be God if we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are answers, yeah. and we just have to look yeah. and actually pursue. Because the reality is, and, and something that like we're going to be pressing into in this conversation is, the truth for me is that I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Mm. Like I just don't. Like it's even a, a book that I've been reading of just because there's so there's so many different pieces to it, where where being an atheist means, for me, it would mean discrediting and turning away from so many so many pieces of evidence that I've looked into and that I've researched, and mm-hmm. and I just I just can't. And so that's some of the stuff that we're going to talk about right now is because. Uh, like God created science. Yep. Like if God is real, then He absolutely invented it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that they're not in. So often we view them as in, in competition, in opposition for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think they are. So, what are some things scientifically that we can unpack in this? Yeah. So, and, and this is going to get a little bit uh, of head knowledge. Like this is going to be some some upper level stuff. Come on. Um, so everyone, get your thinking caps on. Uh, we're going to try to do the same and also present it in a way that's digestible because by no means are we scientists or experts on this, Um, but just doing in in our own research on why we believe the things that we believe, here's some of the things that that come out. And so talking about eternity, God being eternal, yet we talk about our universe and ourselves being finite, meaning we had to have a start point, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people will talk about the Big Bang. Yep. You know, and we're not talking about the show. We're not talking about young Sheldon. Never liked it. Never, neither did I. Um, Ooh, we lost, we lost some viewers. Oh no. Oh no. But you were supposed to balance me out. It didn't work. Yeah. I, I can't lie. This is a, a Christian podcast. You're right. But talking about the Big Bang, that there was a start, and a lot of people see that as in opposition oh, yeah. to what God is doing, like a creation story versus the Big Bang. And I even actually did a paper in college during my honors uh, research about the Big Bang versus creationism and how it's actually not in opposition, but a lot of people like to present that it is. And and how would it not be in opposition? How is it actually kind of cohesive with one another? Well, you think about it. So I, in taking some of the the math out, because I know a lot of math was used to create the, the Big Bang yes. theory Yep. Uh, that, that, that I just can't possibly pretend that I understand. Yep. Uh, but let, let's just take some of the basics. So there was... A, a noise, right? Mm-hmm. A big bang, and there was an explosion mm-hmm. of of really everything in existence, right? Yep. So the stars came into being, and the earth came into being, and the water on the earth came into like all these things happened all at in, in this this moment, right? And, and again, this is outside of like time that we understand, like yep. the, the concept of how quickly it came into existence mm-hmm. and the different pieces, and when animals came on, like the science doesn't actually have that that evidence, but what mm-hmm. we do see in scripture is God spoke, and things came into existence. Yeah, uh, and there was this process of Him not just like creating the stars, but He created like the heavens, and He created water, and He created separation of land and water, and animals, and and people. He He, he spoke all these things into existence, and I would contend mm-hmm. that those two concepts actually can work side by side with each other in a lot of ways. Yeah, how so? Well, just just the concept of. There being a noise, mm-hmm. right? Being spoken, God speaking, yeah. And then all of a sudden, 
existence happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference being, uh, I would contend that it didn't come from nowhere. Like, again, there was a creator. Yeah, and, and even talking about kind of the probability of us existing, like, what's the probability of you and I being here, that us as humans are here? Twelve. hundred percent. Because we're sitting here, right? You're right. Like people it was are a trap. I've walked right into it. <laughs> people, I didn't. I didn't prep you with that one <laughs> no. beforehand. But I mean, it's a hundred percent, right? Like, how many Earths are there? One mm. out of how many? One, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's a hundred percent. But to contest that, a hundred percent of us being here comes from nothing. Yeah. Like it was just a, a time and chance and happenstance and atoms being in the right place at the right time and mm-hmm. all of that. Is it probable that we could have come from that? No. Like, the odds would be significantly against that randomly happening. But it could happen. There is a chance that it could be possible. Um, And and even going back to that statement, you said, like, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Uh, It it seems more probable that we are here because of something creating us. Um, And and I would even go to say an intentional designer, an intentional creator versus time, happenstance, chance that leads to what we have today and where we are right now. Yeah, I would say probability definitely points towards a creator. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I, I tend to ask, because I've got friends who, who don't believe and we have a lot of conversations through it, one of the things that I like to ask them, like when, at, when they're contending that, hey, like there is no creator and there is no eternity and there's X, Y, and Z, and they're going through their beliefs, I just ask them, and I, and I try to be gentle when I do, mm-hmm. hey, do, do you want to be wrong? Because I feel like, like if at least for me, I mm-hmm. would want to be wrong. If, if oblivion was the option, and this is not why you should believe in God. It's not what I'm saying. No. Uh, but it is a heart posture thing mm-hmm. of like, hey, do I want to be wrong? Like, am I willing to investigate and look into um, that? I think it flips on the other side, too, mm-hmm. where, where we've got people who are maybe spiritual infants their entire life, where they yep. don't... Um, really dive into this defense that we're supposed to have, and mm-hmm. like, and even sometimes like I've got parents who are like, hey, like I've got kids who, uh, my kids have these questions, and I can't yep. wait to bring them to student ministry to yeah. have these questions. And it's like, no, 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 you're the primary discipler of your kid. Like, I yeah. want you to be equipped to be able to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, what does it look like, parents, for us to step into that arena yep. with the mindset of, hey, you know, this is a like this is a shepherding piece that I need to own, uh, rather than just not pressing into the questions. Yeah, we, we have to come to this conversation and to these pushbacks um, with an open heart and an open mind that you're wanting to learn and receive. Because yeah. like you said, why are you, are, are you hoping the negative? Like, are, what are you trying to get out of your search for this? What are you trying to look for? And so even in conversations like this, I have to put my my own biases and my own thoughts sure. back into the side because if I have those and I'm looking and I'm saying, man, I'm trying to prove God because I want God to exist because I've grown up Christian, because I have uh, a relationship with Jesus, if I'm looking through it through that lens, I'm going to skew a lot of things and I'm going to have these biases that kind of affirm what I'm trying to believe, which can be a very dangerous thing. Yeah, we, we need to, to step into these... I, I think as believers, um, we are sometimes intimidated by questions. Yep. Uh, because the the answer I don't know is not I don't know is how we grow. Mm-hmm. Didn't even mean for that to rhyme, but like that that literally it's because if I don't know, uh, I'm gonna press into the answer. Like I, like I'm gonna try to figure it out. I'm gonna seek counsel. I'm you gonna, should seek it. I'm gonna for look sure. it up. Like, uh, but we're so afraid of I don't know that we don't press into the question. Yep. 
uh, or because we don't want to be judged for not knowing, and so we just keep it to ourselves. And it's like, mm-hmm. hey, we got to stop it. Like the reason the 12 disciples, maybe the 12, may, maybe just 11, 11 were, yeah. were, were chosen uh, was because they were asking questions. Like like Jesus would give a parable, mm-hmm. uh, and then, then Peter would be like, hey, Jesus, uh, what did you mean? Like mm-hmm. when you talked about the sower and the seeds and like, what did you mean? Cause we don't get, it. and then Jesus would unpack it. Yep. Uh, and like he said, Hey, we need to approach him like children. Why? Cause who asks more questions than children? Like my daughter literally is why, why, mm-hmm. why, why, why? Yeah. And, and it's not going to stop. She's four and it's going to keep going. Yep. Um, and that's how we're supposed to approach these. But so often we, we wall up and we puff up and we mm-hmm. hide. Uh, because questions are intimidating. Yeah, especially questions that go against our beliefs or against the things that we we tend to hold on to. And so I, I even remember in college, another class that I had um, that I, I had to do some honor studies with, and it was uh, evolutionary psychology. Oh. And this was one of my favorite classes um, because everything that they presented, um, they also presented a, a Christian side to it. Um, but he was one of my favorite professors because he was so respectful. Um, and I was comfortable enough because of the way he structured the class that I could present my ideas. And even, um, in some of my research and work that I did, I was able to balance the evolutionary psychology and Christian perspective and how they can work together. Mm. Um, and it was just like super awesome that I was able to have these questions. I was able to go to someone who didn't just affirm and was a yes man, um, and really grow more in my faith because of the questions that I had and being able to press into those. Yeah, we really have to have a culture that is is trustworthy enough mm-hmm. uh, to seek truth because it's not about agendas. It's not about it's not about like trying to guard what you believe. No, no, no. Like like Jesus is is fully sufficient and protected without you. Like mm-hmm. he can handle it. Uh, and Jesus was never afraid of questions. In fact, he loved hanging out with people who had questions. Yeah. So what we're not saying is we're not saying, hey, like just throw whatever question and agenda you have at the wall and figure out what sticks. So that's not what we're saying. We're saying, hey, wh- whatever you're wrestling with, whether it's like Brian was saying, evolution or or it's Big Bang or, or whatever, it, it doesn't matter. Like why do bad things happen, which is another episode we've done. Yeah. Um, Whatever it is that you're wrestling through, Jesus is willing to wrestle with you through it. Mm-hmm. Um, like He wants to be side by side with you in it, and he's not intimidated by your questions. He's not afraid of questions. He invented questions. In fact, yeah. he asks more questions than than most people in Scripture. Like he's mm-hmm. constantly like asking people questions. Yeah. So so I love that about him. I, I love that you mentioned evolution because I mm-hmm. think that that's another piece when we're talking about proving God. Yep. Um, well. The other side would be disproving God, right? And so that's one mm-hmm. of the contentions is, okay, evolution is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, and and I would push on that. Well, we got to separate it because there's two categories of evolution. Mm-hmm. So there's there's micro and there's there's macro. Yep. Right. Micro being changes and shifts that exist within a specific species. Yeah. Right. And there are different animals that like during, during different seasons or different time frames they actually survival of the fittest, certain traits just survive. Mm-hmm. Like, that's true. That's scientifically proven. We can see that in multiple animals. Yep. Uh, that exists. Mm-hmm. Microevolution, not in question at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're contending, when really atheism is contending against God, they're talking about macroevolution. So mm-hmm. that's that's one species yep. jumping into becoming another species. And there's a couple reasons that that breaks down. Yeah. Uh, one is really entropy, right? Mm-hmm. Which we were talking about the other day. Yep. You want to talk through that? Yeah. Entropy is just really this idea 
that uh, all things in the observable universe go um, kind of they they have a tendency to scatter. That's their natural inclination yep. is that things are going to go out, they're going to spread out, and they're going to become more disorganized as time goes on, unless there is another force or something else um, which outside of itself that's trying to bring it together. Yeah, it'd be like uh, if, if, if we were on an airplane and I dropped a bag of M&Ms out of the airplane... Mm-hmm. The further sad it, story, by yeah, the way. So, what a waste. Yeah, I'm don't jumping. know. I don't I'm know jumping. why there's. The, I'm going in. <laughs> I don't know why there's a door open that M and M's can fly out, but continue. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we can just we keep the M and M's, and there's a bag of of dog hair, uh, and we drop it out of the airplane. We got to keep the M and M's. Yeah. Uh, so you drop it out of the plane. The further it gets from the the starting point, from the source, mm-hmm. uh, the more disorganized, like you're talking about, it's going to become. The more spread out. Um, like it's not going to be in any coherent way. It's going to be chaotic. Yeah. Um, and that's how our world works. Like that's the law of entropy. Um, everything from its starting point outside of outside assistance becomes more disorganized. But mm. the contention uh, for evolution would be the exact mm-hmm. opposite. And it'd be the only example that we see in this world that that could possibly exist would be, oh, well, actually we went from one cell to a more complicated cell, to a more complicated, to a being, to a creation, to a, a mammal, to a monkey, um, into what we are now, yeah. uh, which, again, would be the exact opposite of entropy, mm-hmm. uh, which is a proven versus something very different where, again, I just don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Yeah, and, and talking about evolution and how it is... Uh, against the Christian view, um, looking in Genesis, seeing that we were created by God in the image of God, that we were formed by him. Um, And so how that goes against evolution, where, like you said, starting off as a single cell and continuing to get more and more complex to become what we are today, that is kind of how they're uh, not in agreement or they're not congruent with one another. Uh, but this is specifically, like you said, talking about macroevolution, which yeah. has not been observed, versus microevolution, which has been observed. Yeah, the other piece of macroevolution that scientists actually agree on uh, would be that once a new species is created, the old species actually goes away. And so if we came from monkeys or wherever, mm. uh, monkeys wouldn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And so there's just there's so many holes in, in this concept of of macroevolution that if we just embrace it as a concept and don't question it, well, I think it falls apart. But yeah. again, Jesus isn't isn't afraid of questions. Yeah. Like he and we're asking you guys, like as, as listeners or as maybe non-believers, like we want you to have questions. We want you to ask questions. because uh, again, I think that Jesus is uh standing pretty firm. Yeah. Uh and I've asked a lot of the questions that people are going to ask. And mm-hmm. there's a reason for that. Uh, and there's a reason for me actually placing my faith in him, and it's based on there being answers for a lot of these questions. Yeah, and and not even all of these questions are scientific questions, but some of them are even philosophical questions, Um, and and we can address some of those here uh, of how how do philosophically can we talk about God being real? Well, I think think morality is a key example, right? Like saying that because there, there's a baseline morality, mm-hmm. no matter what society you live in, there's just certain murder is usually not something that's embraced. Yeah. Right. Like it's like stealing is not a, like there are universal just there's morality that exists across the line, no matter what culture you're from. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it's going to shift and there's going to be little dynamics to it. But there's a universal just morality that exists. Yeah. Uh, and so 
I would I would ask the question like philosophically, like mm-hmm. okay, so where where does that come from? Yeah, and, and the Christian perspective, you know, being made in the image of God, that we are like Him. If we are all to say, regardless of culture, regardless of geography, that there's some things that we just kind of agree, man, as people, we don't like this or, or we don't agree with this. Why is that? And if we're made in the image of God, designed by God, that we would be created by Him. Um, so not that it is like the solid end-all, be-all of, man, why does God exist? But because we contend that we are made in the image of God and this kind of universal morality that it, that is had by all people, it, it's just you know a, a little bit more evidence in kind of this whole conversation. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you could even ask the question, okay, so... So if it's programmed, because we could contend, okay, so that's just programmed into our DNA like birds flying south for the winter. Mm. That's great. Who programs it? Yeah. Like, like how did that come into existence? I, I think so often um, Jesus can actually be defended, and actually I see him give his defense so often with questions. Mm-hmm. Just like, okay, but, it, but if that's the route we're going, then what about this? Yeah. Um, there's so many uh, opportunities to really press in, and the more we press in, I truly believe the more we get to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like if we can have open hands and really seek truth, I think he's there. Yeah, yeah. And and so even talking about some things, like I, I, I go back to, uh, not to be graphic, but like murder and things like that. So we look at the the Nuremberg trials, oh, yeah. which, uh, you know, was the trials after World War II that they had for um, some of the the Nazis that were doing just these these atrocious things to people, mm-hmm. and and so the world was kind of putting them on trial to hold them accountable for the things that they've done. And in their verdict, they said that they um, they went against the law of God, or it was I'm paraphrasing obviously. Sure. Uh, but it seems that there was this higher law that wasn't set by man, but people could look at this situation and these atrocities that they were doing, and they're saying, man, that's not right. And us saying, well, why do we know that isn't right? Sure. Why do? Why are we able to say, like you said, who programmed us to say, man, these things are not good. These things are not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, there are so many different pieces to this. Like, we, mm-hmm. we're literally just... Like this is an iceberg, and we're mm-hmm. just at the tip right now because we're just covering some basic things. Whereas, like God's fingerprints are on everything. Yep. Uh, like He spoke it into existence, and because of that, there's like we can get into like the laws of thermodynamics, and mm-hmm. like God's evidence is all over the place. And so yeah. my ask is twofold: one, if you are a non-believer and you're listening, one like praise God for you. That's yeah. awesome that you're here and that you're listening. Uh, and we want you to just keep pressing in. We want you to keep asking questions. Yep. Uh, and, and if you are approaching believers who are like struggling with your questions or don't like, ask somebody else. Like ask us. Like we want to be able to wrestle with you. Yep. Uh, questions are a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second part is, if you are a believer, you know we have a responsibility uh, to be able to defend this as disciple makers. We have a responsibility to be able to walk this out with people that we're discipling or mm-hmm. even like witnessing to. Uh, and it's got to be more than just. I was raised in the church, or even your personal testimony. Your personal testimony, I believe, is one of the biggest weapons that you have against the enemy. Like, God gave you that uh, to take ground for the kingdom, and that's good. Uh, But as we walk through questions, I don't want our response to be, well, you just have to have more faith, and you have to trust more. Mm -hmm. Um, Trust is developed through relationship. And so Mm -hmm. rather than just saying, hey, you need to trust more, I would like to show the character of God 
and where his fingerprints are and like who he is. And part of that is walking through questions. Like Jesus didn't say when they had questions, you just need to have more faith. Yeah. Right. Like he said, hey, okay, let me show you. Yeah. Uh, Let me, let me speak to this. Let me spend time with you. And as they did, they actually got to know him. They really, they were changed by him. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal of this podcast is we want to be a a ministry that is going out and and being world changers Mm -hmm. where we are different, uh, not because of us, but because of our relationship with Jesus and because of what discipleship can do for us and hopefully can do for you. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us this week. We will see you as always next Monday. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Podcast 419. If you want to learn more about us, you can check us out on our website, podcast419.com.